Amen. Good morning, church. Yes, indeed, the end of the year is approaching. We are around the corner from Christmas Day and then the new year. And we are looking unto the Lord. Amen. For guidance, for strength, for hope. Well, if you have been with us for the past two weeks, today is part three of Christmas Gifts, a series where we are studying the gifts that were brought to Jesus when he was born. We started by looking at the three gifts which the wise men brought to Jesus. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These gifts have a prophetic and symbolic meaning. We've seen that frankincense points to Jesus as our high priest. He offered the ultimate sacrifice. And today, he makes intercession for us. The veil has been torn and there is no separation between man and God. We can have access to God through Jesus Christ. Last week, we learned uh, that myrrh points to Jesus as the Lamb of God, the suffering servant who was born to die for our sins. Mankind has strayed away from the ways of God to follow his own ways. And he cannot save himself. Jesus came and he paid the ultimate price for our sins. The innocent one dying for the guilty. And those who choose to follow Christ are restored back into relationship with God. Today, we will take a look at the gift of gold. Well, it's being said that gold is the gift which is fit for a king. <laughs> and it is true. The gift of, of gold point to the fact that uh, this child would become a king. In fact, the king of kings. You find the story of the visit of the wise men in the second chapter of Matthew, the first 12 verses. Let's read some of those verses. I'm starting with verses 1 to 3. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. King Herod was troubled by these guys asking about he who has been born, born king of the Jews. You see, Herod was king. But he was not born a king. He was not born king of the Jews. He was given that position by Rome. He was a Roman. He wasn't a Jew. It had been a long time since a king had been born to the Jews. And that is also why the Jews were a bit troubled as well. Because they did not know of any Jewish king being born. And so King Herod asks the Jewish priests about this matter... And he is informed that Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, would be born in Bethlehem. And so he meets with the wise men. Let's read from verse 7 to 8. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring word to me that I may come. And worship him also. Why do you think Herod wanted to know about the star? 
to try to determine when the so-called king of the Jews had been born. And do you really think you want to go and worship him? (laughs) Of course not, as we find out later. However, now that the wise men had the information they needed, they proceeded with their journey. Verses 9 to 11. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. These guys were over the moon when they found the boy. And when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. These guys, they got it. They somehow understood the meaning of the birth of this child. They did not understand everything, not in its fullness, but they knew that they were in the presence of royalty and in the presence of greatness. And so the first thing they did when they came into the house of Jesus is they bowed down. The Bible says they fell down. And worshipped him. Then they opened their chests and gave gifts. Gold, frankincense and myrrh. Back in the day, it was normal to give valuable, expensive and lavish gifts when visiting royalty. Gold has always been valuable. But frankincense and myrrh at that time was about as valuable as gold was. And and so you can imagine the kind of wealth these wise men gave to Jesus, entrusting all of it to his parents. Now, if you've been listening carefully to the story so far, and comparing what I've been narrating to your average nativity play or nativity scene, you may be having some questions. Like, why do you say the wise men came to the home of Jesus and not the manger? And this is because the wise men did not come to visit Jesus on the night that he was born. You see, over time, we have condensed that story to kind of fit into one narrative, one evening, one play, one nativity scene. But as you read the Gospels, you realize that tradition has changed the story a a little bit. I have already mentioned that no one knows for sure how many wise men there were. And no one knows what their names were. The Bible is silent on this. And so some creative license has been taken to say it was three, perhaps because it was three gifts that Jesus uh, received. And... um, And probably there were more than three wise men. There were many probably. Also when they came, they didn't come alone, each wise man on a camel. There was a whole entourage with them. Servants and they carried lots of things with them. Supplies and so forth. And so it was quite quite a, a, a big caravan of people going through Jerusalem and then on to Bethlehem. The one thing I want to point out today is that 
by the time they arrived, Jesus was not in a manger anymore. Notice from verse 1 that it is only after Jesus was born that they get to Jerusalem. It took a while for them to come from where they were to get to Jerusalem. And uh, when Herod meets with them, he wants to find out when, when, when did the star appear? When, when was the child born? He, he knew that he hadn't been born the day these guys arrived in Jerusalem. Then in verse 11, we notice that they entered the house, not the manger. All right? Um, implying that Jesus was not anymore in a manger. By this time, they had moved into a house. So this visit came about quite a while. After the birth of Jesus. Scholars put it at one to two years after that night in the manger. And this is why we read that later Herod had all the baby boys that were two years and younger killed in Bethlehem and surroundings. He was afraid that another king would rise against him. And he thought that by destroying all the baby boys in the age you know, of the king, he would wipe out this so-called king. However, Joseph had been warned by the Lord of Herod's intents, and he had fled to Egypt with his family. Now, understanding the timeline of when the wise men came also helps us to understand something else. You see, after Jesus was born, and it was tradition back in the day, they would have a 40-day period of purification, and then Joseph and Mary would go to Jerusalem to present Jesus to the Lord. The Word of God says that when that time of presentation came, Joseph and Mary would have to bring along with them a sacrifice. The Bible says that the sacrifice they brought fell in the category of a, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. According to the law, that offering was reserved for poor people. Given the circumstances that Joseph and Mary were in, that is all they could offer. You see, if the wise men had arrived the night that Jesus was born, Joseph and Mary would have had enough money to bring a, a sacrifice of a lamb, as was the tradition for those who could afford it. But they did not. Why not? Because when they came to present Jesus at the temple, after 40 days of being born, wise men had still not showed up. They did not have the wealth which they received later. So although Jesus was born Poor and in humble conditions, God supplied by the gifts of the wise men all that the family would need to survive. What happened to those gifts? Well, the Bible is silent as far as specifically saying what happened. But we can make some deductions from the gospel accounts. Many scholars agree that the gifts made provision for Joseph to take his family so he could flee to Egypt. So those gifts made provision for the journey to sustain himself in Egypt at the time he was there and then to make his way back to Jerusalem and establish himself there. There are also other possibilities, but they're not in the scope of this message. So you see, the, the Christmas story took a bit longer than just an evening, but it is still full of wonder and prophetic significance. As I mentioned earlier, the gift of gold points to the fact that this child would become king of kings. 
In his first coming, Jesus came to establish his spiritual reign. Later in life, Pontius Pilate would inquire about his kingdom. And Jesus would say that his kingdom is not of this world. Jesus came the first time as the humble king, the unlikely king, born in modesty and obscurity. He came to serve and to die for the sins of the world. And this is the difference between Christianity, if you compare it to other religions in the world. In religions, mankind must adapt themselves to their gods and gain their favor to achieve paradise, whatever it is that they hope to attain. But the God of the Bible, he becomes a man. He comes down to us, becomes one of us, and then allows his creation, all right, the people he created, to turn against the creator and crucify him. And then Jesus takes this act of cruelty and turns it into a sacrifice for the forgiveness of the sins of mankind. As he's hanging on that cross, he asks the Father to forgive the people doing this to him. Hey, and it was not just those Jews and Romans who crucified Jesus. They may have rejected Jesus and nailed him to the cross. But what kept Jesus on that cross was his love for you, for me, and for the people of this world. It was my sin and your sin. Our selfishness, our bent for anger, for unforgiveness, for greed, for hatred, and other moral sin that kept Jesus on the cross, paying the price for our sin. So that you and I, could find peace with God, forgiveness, and eternal life by putting our trust in Jesus and following him. You see, the first time Jesus came, he came as the humble king, but he will return. He promised he would, and he will. And when he comes, he will come as the conquering king. The first time he came, few people took notice. When he comes again, the whole world will see him. The first time he came, he came to serve. When he comes again, he will come to rule and to reign. Today, people can reject him, ignore him, and dismiss him just like they did when he came the first time. But when he comes again... No one will ignore or be able to resist him. Both his goodness and his power will be overwhelming. When he came the first time, a few wise men came from the east and gave him gifts. They were prophetically the forerunners of what is to come. The wise men prophetically demonstrated what the nations of the world will do. During the reign of Christ, they came from far. They were not Jewish, but Gentile. And when Jesus comes again, as the prophets have foretold, the nations of the earth will come to Jesus, bringing him gifts and coming to worship King Jesus. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 6 says, They shall bring gold and incense and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. Listen to 1 Timothy 6.15 in the New Living Translation. For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven 
by the blessed and only almighty God, the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. At the right time, Jesus will return. Jesus will be revealed. And as we look to the world around us, at the state that the world is in today, I dare say that his return is near. Jesus was born to be king. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The kingdom of God has been set in motion by his first coming. But it will be fully manifest in his second coming. As we have seen, embedded in the gifts of the wise men was the gospel story. Jesus, our high priest. Jesus, our sacrifice, the Lamb of God. Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus was born to die. Without Christmas, there would be no Easter, no Passover. Jesus died. He was buried. But on the third day, the tomb was empty. And Jesus was alive, never to die again. That is the gospel story, which is fully part of the Christmas story. I close with a verse from the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, hallelujah, to the glory of God the Father. Every tongue shall confess. Some that have rejected Jesus, when he returns, will realize in horror that they have rejected the Lord, the Lord of life. And they will cry out, truly, he is Lord. And I rejected or I ignored him. He is Lord. They are going to confess it with lots of regret and remorse. But others, and I hope you are one of those, others will look at him and cry out in wonder, yes, Jesus is Lord. He is my Lord. Hallelujah. You can have that confidence today by putting your faith in Jesus in a simple prayer and saying something like this, Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. And I need to be saved. Forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life to you. And with your help, I will follow your ways. I confess today that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior, my King. Amen. Say that prayer. If you say that prayer right now after me. Be sure that the Lord has heard it. A simple prayer like this can change the course of your life for eternity. If you haven't said it yet, say it. Go back, rewind, and and repeat that prayer. Maybe share this prayer with somebody that you know who need Jesus in their lives. Be ready to rejoice when the King returns. Amen? (laughs) Well, we've looked at the three gifts that Jesus received from the wise men. But there were more than three gifts that Jesus received at his birth. There is one more. So join us on Christmas Day 
at 9.30 for an online-only Christmas service where we will look at this fourth gift, all right? We'll be talking about gift number four. We'll see you then. Let's close in prayer. Lord, what a wonder this time of Christmas is. As we remember the Christmas story and we realize, Lord, that your whole life history was embedded in the events of your birth. Help us to honor you, Lord God, to realize and understand who you are, Lord Jesus, the fullness, the greatness of who you are. I pray for everyone watching, listening to this message and to these messages in this series, that we may all have a deeper understanding of the meaning of Christmas for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. May the goodness of the Lord, the peace of the Lord be with you this day and this week. Hey, and we'll see you Christmas Day, 9.30. God bless you.